All right, welcome to another interview episode of Breakthrough Marketing Secrets. I'm so excited. I reached out to Pia Silva to be on today. You're going to see why in just a minute. As normal, I'm I'm not going to go into the bio. Let's ask the first question here. Pia, you have a chapter in your book that's called Selling is Not Badass. If I'm following the methods that you teach, about how long should I expect to spend on sales calls with a prospective client before they say, take my money? 15 minutes. 15 minutes. 15 minutes. If you want to know how to do it, keep listening. <laughs> Let's dive into the bio. <laughs> so Pia Silva is, and this is why she's on. Pia Silva is a partner and brand strategist at Worst of All Design, where they build entire brands in one to three day intensives. She's also the founder of No BS Agency Mastery, where she teaches one to two person branding agencies uh, how to scale to thirty to $50,000 a month while reducing your workload by up to 80%, all without additional employees. She's a TEDx speaker, a Forbes contributor, podcast host, excellent podcast, and author of the excellent book, Badass Thank Your you. Brand. So Pia, I found you when I did a podcast search for this idea of being paid to pitch. For I searched paid to pitch. I saw your episode. It jumped out at me. It was the best I found by far. So naturally, I fell down the rabbit hole. Uh, you awesome. have excellent <laughs> podcast episodes, books, all of that. So let's go deeper. 15 minutes. How do you close clients in less than 15 minutes and then get paid to pitch your high-end services? Yeah. So um, I think I should just start by saying that a main, a core element of the method that I teach and that I developed in my agency, Worst of All Design, is this idea of no more free proposals, right? The proposal, I think, actually sets you up kind of for failure from the beginning because you're giving all this energy and time away for free, and you're basically subconsciously telling the prospect that your time isn't valuable. So instead, uh, I teach something called a fit call, which is a 15-minute conversation that is much more just about asking questions and figuring out not how do I get this person to buy, but is this really somebody that I can help? And if they can, offer them something that I call a lead product. My lead product is called the brand shrink. It's, it's always some version of a paid uh, discovery interview with a strategy delivered at the end in a written brief. And by doing that and having the client pay for it, they respect and believe and value the advice that you give them so much more. Um, and you really set them up at the end to say, and if you want us to execute this plan, this strategy for you, this is what it's going to look like. And this is how much it's going to cost. And I find that going through that process, this paid engagement where you're giving real value, not like trying to keep it behind the veil because it's free. You yeah. build so much trust and authority with this person that um, if you do it right, they'll just say, well, yeah, I can't imagine anyone else doing at this point because you so clearly understand the things that I didn't even realize I didn't understand. Yeah. That's and, the quick summary. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I, I, I totally want to go deeper. You have great stories of people who, uh, who encounter prospects who said, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm willing to do what you called the brand shrink, do, willing to do mm -hmm. for you. It's the brand shrink, what you call the lead product. I'm willing to do this, but I don't have the budget for anything else. But then they get to the end of that lead product and they convert into the higher ticket thing. Now, before we go any further, like I, I just want to be really clear. So you have this core audience. You specialize in the very narrow niche of one to two or one to three person branding agencies, right? Mm -hmm. um, and and so everything that you've taught is developed in the context of you having that experience in that space and then repeating it to that space. I know that 
there are definitely people who are in my audience who are part of that audience and mm. people who are not necessarily or may feel like they're on the edge of that. Um, so is it worth those people still listening or just if they run a one to two person branding agency? Great question. So um, in my book, and actually yes. for the years before I narrowed down and niche down to one to two person branding agencies, I was teaching this methodology to any service business. So, okay. uh, and I have applied it to and, ha and taught people how to apply it to hundreds of businesses in the past. Um, everything ranging from lawyers and CPAs <laughs> to definitely anyone in any industry where there's a strategic part to it where there's, where you're not just executing, you're not just showing up as the hands to do a job where somebody else is dictating how that job is done. So yeah. as in my understanding, if you're doing anything that has to do with messaging, right? Because that's really where so much of the strategy, it originates for any marketing is what is the messaging, uh, yes. then, then you're developing strategy. And so this method absolutely should be what you do a hundred percent. Um, you'd be silly not to try it. Awesome. Yeah. And I realized that I've been doing it unintentionally for years with some of my mm -hmm. services. Um, but I, I love the intention that comes out of it. So let's, let's get back to the lead product. Yeah. You know what, what, what I'm hearing is most good creatives are going to go through this process anyway. They're going to, they're going to have a conversation like the traditional Madison Avenue approach is, we're going to put an entire team on your brand and we're going to develop this thing and we're going to pitch it. And 10 other agencies are also going to pitch and we're all going to hope for a 12 month yeah. contract. Uh, and, yeah. <laughs> and so there's all this work that goes in beforehand. And when we repeat that on like the individual or very small agency service provider, provider model, we just end up feeling like we're spending all our time selling and free consultation and all of that. Um, but this is, this is definitely different than that. So you mentioned the, the consultative call and the action plan um, as opposed to a proposal, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so what what all goes into that effective lead product? What do you think of in terms of directing people towards developing theirs? Well, so the reason that I niched down a couple of years ago to one to two person branding agencies uh, is because I can be even more specific about exactly how, like exactly what this lead product should be. So when I teach it, yeah. It's not like figure out your own. It's like, no, 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 do mine. Mine is what <laughs> works in this context. And I think basically the same stuff would apply to anyone that's in marketing because the, okay. the strategy part in branding, I mean, I, you know, we have to clarify what branding is, right? Some people think branding is visuals. I'm talking about entire the branding from the positioning to the messaging, to the strategy through the deliverable of the design and the website. So I'm talking about the full package and the strategy that's delivered in the lead product is often a messaging strategy, right? It's a positioning strategy. What kind of brand is this? What should we lean on heavily? And how should that language, um, what kind of language should we use and who should we be speaking to? And um, even telling the clients, hey, you should own this niche over here. Why are you not speaking to this niche over here? So those are the kinds of things that the brief that come out of the brief. And in my experience, if you ask the right questions, the answers are usually pretty obvious to yeah. you and often to the client once they start answering the questions. So the magic of the um, lead product, and by the way, I've had literally dozens of students tell me that not just that it's such an amazing experience for the client, but that their clients, I'm talking dozens, their clients have cried 
in this oh. experience because they feel so much clarity and they yeah. feel so heard. And those are two things that a lot of business owners like struggle with. So this yeah. lead product experience. So imagine you pay some money and then you have this experience you're not expecting. That's completely different from a free proposal where you're feeling sold here. You're like, you're like having a come to Jesus moment about your brand and your business. Of course you value the person that delivered it. And that's the, and that's really what the lead product is. It's delivering this experience to the client so that they come to understand the value themselves, as opposed to what I'm sure everyone listening has experienced time and again, trying to explain your value to clients who don't get it, who don't understand yeah. the value of positioning. They don't know what this is. I never use the word strategy. They don't understand strategy. So we don't want to have to teach or explain any of that stuff. We just want to have them experience it and then get why you're so valuable to them. Excellent. So so as you're going through that conversation, and this is, I mean, this is how I like to work with clients anyway. You're just, you're just having a conversation with them. You're listening, right? You're you're asking the questions. They, as entrepreneurs, so many of us, like as we're developing our business, we have all these ideas bouncing around in our head. It's hard to get them out, right? And so we have an idea. Maybe we could go this way. Maybe we could go this way. Maybe we could go this way. But if we get somebody like Pia sitting down, like in a conversation with us and you ask all the right questions, then I feel like the ideas can, can be connected. They can be actually brought out. Um, yeah. and it, it makes sense. Like I'm, I, I don't know, like it, in, in some ways it doesn't surprise me that, you know, clients it, cry on this, this call yeah. because they do feel heard. <laughs> right. It, it, it's common sense, but I think yeah. a lot of us or I think that the natural default, especially when you're in selling mode or you're like trying to close yeah. a client is to talk, to explain, to try to convince. Yes. And actually I find, and anyone who is good at sales probably would say this. I had to kind of come to this on my own. Wow. The less you talk, the better salesperson. like the more you're going to sell and it's not going to feel like selling. That's why I say selling is not badass because when I think of selling, I think of convincing, I think of, you know, here's my pitch and here's my speech. And I find all of that to be like uncomfortable for everyone and, and not very effective. So asking the right questions will actually get you to the sale faster. And it's a more authentic sale. Like the sale happens because you have a meeting of the minds. Oh yeah. We both see why this is a good fit for us. It's so much easier to get there if you're asking the right questions as opposed to just trying to convince them, which yeah, it does feel a little icky. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, what does this, I think this is the last question I want to ask around the lead product. Cause they, there's so much more I want to cover here. Um, there's, there's that moment where you've just done like in the fit call, you do what I often refer to as qualifying and disqualifying prospects. Yes. So like, are you a fit? Yes or no. Either is a perfectly acceptable answer. Right. Yeah. But then there's a moment where there is a pitch from, from, okay, you are qualified. Here's the next step. And then also at the end of the lead product, there is a, you're the next step for our mm -hmm. next level, right? So what do those two selling processes look like when you're doing this lead product, right? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, the, if you do the fit part, right? If you ask the right questions and it becomes clear, you're a fit. Um, because first of all, to do that effectively, means that you really need to know 
who is a good fit for you. So that means you're very clear on what you're looking for. And I find that the more you are genuinely trying to figure out if this person is a fit, as opposed to going through the motions, um, you know, whether they're a fit or not will be obvious. And also you will have uncovered what challenges they think they have. And so there's a natural uh, segue into great. Well, you're exactly who I help. And the first step to working with me is for me to do this lead product, right? It's, I, you know, my version of this pitch, this is the part that everybody has to tweak a little bit. You know, it's a two hour interview where we deep dive into everything about your business. I want to know where you've been, where you are, where you're going. um, And I'll lay out your most badass opportunities and show you exactly what you need to do to get there. That's it. And when I say that, you know, confidently after having uncovered the fact that they need this thing and everybody else is saying, I'm going to write your proposal. And what do you want? What do you need? And I'm saying, I heard what you want and we can definitely do that, but we do this first to determine exactly what that looks like. Um, people who actually are trying to solve their problems are, they'll, they'll basically either say yes or no. And the right people always say yes, because they are glad to have a solution they can move towards, right? Yeah. They're glad to like, oh, because we all want instant gratification, right? So if there is something right here that I can get an answer and I'm waiting for proposals from all these other people, I want this instead. And I have shortcut and cut in front of so many people's proposals by doing this method with yeah. people who are actually looking to you know, move yeah, forward. Yeah, they, they say, okay, let me see the calendar. <laughs> Like, yeah. let, let me get your calendar link. Where do I pay? Right. Like, yeah. yes. Yeah. And then also I find that the confidence of having that step is, you know, again, for the kind of clients we all want to work with, that is actually a really good characteristic that, <laughs> that they, that they like that confidence. Right. And they appreciate that I'm saying that. So, and then if they say, oh, well, we should talk more and all this, I'm, you know, I've had people say, well, how about we have a meeting, go out for coffee? I'm like, there's nothing to talk about. Like, you're looking for information that I can absolutely help you with. That's what we do in this. It's almost like when you say to someone who wants to pick your brain, sure, like book a <laughs> book an hour paid consultation and I'm happy to let you pick my brain. It's a little bit of that idea. There's nothing else yeah. to talk about. You clearly need my help and this is how you help. So that's the, um, that's the sell, that's the pitch for the lead product. And then very, very important um, is that a lead product brief you know, I have a whole way of doing this that I find every little bit of it matters in terms of how the outcome, um, because the outcome is this brief where the client should be reading it and like, yes, yes, yes. Like I see it. It's both, I both feel understood by it, but I also see how you've brought it together. And like, there's a clear path forward and I'm very energized by that. And I see how it's going to connect to my ultimate goals. Okay. That brief should stand on its own because the client has paid for it. And this is a big thing that I think a lot of people, um, when I say paid to pitch, right. I'm being a little like I'm using marketing language, right? Uh, this is not just a pitch. I am giving you valuable information here. And I tell my students the, the, proposal part at the end should be on a separate page. You should not talk about, I can do this and I can do this. You should not be in the brief at all. You're giving them clear ideas, plans, strategies. You're giving them a plan. And then afterwards, it's like, Hey, moving forward that plan, I can do all of that for you. (laughs) This is how much it costs. And, and 
I'm kind of agnostic about whether or not you do it. Right. Because, and and you should be too, like, you're happy to have gotten this plan, but if you do it right, it's like, well, if I love this plan, then, then you have to do it. Right. And that's why I find it so effective. And, you know, once my students start getting it, you know, really nailing the brief, it's usually about a hundred percent close rate. I mean, it's pretty close. A lot of my students are at a hundred percent and that has to do with that um, qualifying in the beginning too, but also just putting them through this process by the time they get to the end. It's like, why wouldn't you do this? Yeah, for sure. For sure. There's, there's an attitude in this that I picked up. I was working with this agency. I lived in Oregon. I worked with this IT training company. We hired this agency. Um, there was their creative guy. Every time I picked up the phone, uh, when he was calling, he would say, Roy, do you have five minutes to talk about X, Y, Z? And no is always an acceptable answer, right? And there's there's this thing where you want to say yes because no is always an acceptable answer. And there's also something in your disposition there. If at the fit call, no is always an acceptable answer for you and for the client, right? Then if it's a yes, everybody's more confident moving forward. If you pitch that next level product, which we're going to talk about in just a second here, and it's and and it's it's just put at the very end, like, hey, it, I I would love to move move forward with you. If you'd love to move forward on this next step here with me implementing this for you, here it is. No, it's always an acceptable answer, right? Then yes. there's enthusiasm when they say yes, right? Um, yes. And there's 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 huge buy-in. So the I lead product, that. excellent lead products, excellent. But it's not the only thing you sell. Uh, the next level in your book, you call it the bullseye product. It's uh, what I think of as like a core offer. It's the higher end services that you would have been selling after the 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 pitches anyway, right? Right. Um, and in particular, you love doing this as like an intensives model. So, yeah. can you talk about what this is? What makes it different? What makes it more valuable for you and for the clients? Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's really our thing. Like, right. No BS agencies. We're taking out all the BS. So to me, there's a lot of BS in building brands and websites because we all know they take months and months and often months and months longer than they even were intended to take. Um, but I have found that over the years of kind of, we've perfected through a lot of trial and error, perfected a process where, because we do such a deep dive in that lead product, right? We've uncovered everything and we're the ones building the plan. When we book the intensive, we have enough information. We have a little bit more we take in, but it's not much um, to do the entire project ahead of time. So we actually design and build the entire brand. So we'll, we'll build the brand, you know, the logo we'll build and design the website, write all of the copy um, and, you know, some identity materials. And we'll do that almost to completion before the client has seen everything. We charge in full upfront. We book them for a one to three day intensive. Most clients are two day intensive. Um, that's our bullseye. And that's usually how yeah. I recommend people do it. It's like, just make the middle package, the one that almost everybody needs and, and wants. Um, and then during those two days, we basically take the client through a process of getting them on board and getting them to approve the work. We don't show them the whole thing at once, but we kind of have a way that we drip it out so that they are getting on board and saying yes the whole time, such that the entire website and brand is launched at 6 p.m. on day two. We hand over a zip file with all the files and it's done. Um, And we charge $40,000 for that. And we sell that to often one or two person companies. Yeah. 
because when it is a perfect fit, you're basically handing them their, their marketing on silver platter, right? I am saving them so much time and energy. And I tell them when they buy it, I, uh, and they kind of, you know, by this point and to get to these prices, by the way, just to be clear, like I didn't start at $40,000 for two days, right? Even in my book, yeah. I don't know. I don't remember what the prices were at that time. I think I was doing like a $10,000 day. Um, but through more authority building, the price has just been able to go up and up. Um, but still like our first intensives were $5,000 for a two day. Right. And we yeah. did this, this whole thing. And that was still great for us. That was way better than the $30,000 projects we had been doing over six or eight months. It was more profitable and way less headache. Um, so anyway, I lost my train of thought, but no, that's, that's, that's perfect. And it's, and it, there is an X factor in, in terms of the value that the clients are getting because they're yes. not waiting six months. Right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, so, so after that, uh, devil's advocate question yeah. here, you just, you just put them on retainer, right? <laughs> yeah, no, I say, don't let the door hit you on the way out is what I say. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, very kindly. No, you- I, I hate retainer, but that's a personal thing, right? Yeah. Steve and I built this business to support the kind of lifestyle we wanted. And that lifestyle, you can see we're in my husband's art studio that our, our office is also his art studio. Like we both wanted a lot of time freedom to do other things. That's how I was able to write the book is because I took like three months just writing my book because I could stack my clients here and there. And then I had no clients in between. And that's a big thing for me. Some of my students will take a retainer type of, um, job after, cause the clients want it. Like at that point, they're so bought in, they want you to keep helping them. Um, but I still recommend doing retainers in a, an intensive model. So like you get a day a month of you yeah. to implement, not like none of this ongoing project management clients emailing me all the time. Like, no, that is unprofitable in my opinion. Yeah. And by Profit, I, I want to talk about pricing and, and profitability and stuff. Yeah. You you have, when you talk about profitability for service businesses, you have a little bit of a definition, a different definition, a little bit of a different way that you're using that word. So when you say profit, like profit, what kind yeah. of profit is that? Yeah. So um, how profitable your your offers need to be is first and foremost determined by what you're trying to accomplish. So um, I have something called the freedom calculator. Um, I have a kind of like mini version of it online, uh, the price to freedom calculator. Essentially, when you in instead of saying, how much can I get for this? We input yeah. our personal like expenses. What is the life I want to lead cost? What is the business I run and want to run cost? We put all those numbers in, it calculates all of that plus taxes, and it spits out a revenue number on the back end, And it says, well, then this is how much you need to generate in order to have that life and what that life yeah. costs. And then we take that number and we look at how many hours a project takes. And it's like some simple math. Um, I believe that you need to make all of your money as a small business in 50% of your working hours or less, which I define as you know 80 hours a month on average. I don't like to think okay. of it monthly, but it's easier for people to conceptualize it monthly. So, right, like two full weeks of work with clients and that leaves the other two full weeks to build your business and and build your value and incre- improve your skills and improve your authority and all these things that are going to continually go back into being able to raise the value that you deliver and the price that you charge, which will all just make it more and more profitable. So, at a cert- so when I first started doing this, a $10,000 day um 
which really ended up taking us a few days beforehand, right? So like maybe three or four days total. Um, We would do two of those a month. We would make $20,000 a month. And then we'd have two weeks available to keep doing the marketing, like building our authority, like all of these things. That was me hitting that 50, 25, 25 ratio that I like to set as a goal. As we raised our prices at a certain point, we were charging 20, $25,000 for a two day and we could just do one of those a month, spend one week, and now we're hitting a, a, a better ratio, right? We're doing like yeah. 25% of our time making money. And that's where it gets fun. Like once you get up there, then you can just play with the numbers and say, well, do I want to work more and make more? Or do I want to work less and make less? But to me, the most important thing is keeping your eye on how do I make this more and more profitable, not just how do I charge more and more? Because everybody, when they charge more, they end up doing three times as much, you know, double your price, you do three times as much work and it's actually not profitable at all. It's less profitable. You're better off just selling like small things that are more profitable. And I think that's a thing that service businesses specifically because our time, we don't feel our time is something tangible. We forget that it's actually the most valuable resource that we have and we have to protect it at all costs. And that's what these formulas help me keep in check and help creatives keep in check. Yeah, for sure. And we'll make sure to link to the the 50, 25, 25 price to freedom calculator. So just to be clear here, when you say 50, 25, 25, yeah. um, it, it's, oh, yeah. it's 50%. Sorry, I talk of about the, this all no. the time. I forget like what I've said. <laughs> it's it's all good. Yeah. It's 50, 50% of the time is serving clients. Yes. Um, that is what the, the calculation max. is based on. Yeah. Yeah. Max 50%, 25% dedicated to growing your business, growing your authority, like yeah. doing your inter, internal marketing, all of that. And then 25%, you have learned to prioritize freedom, right? And so some of that time could be, hey, I want to write a book. And so I'm going to spend that time because I want to write a book. And some of that time could be, hey, and this is reflects that I listen to some old podcast episodes. I'm going to go tour Europe. Um, yeah. <laughs> and and so if you dedicate, and if you you could think about this in terms of, of months of the year, so two months um, serving clients, one month, really focusing on marketing for your business and one month tour in Europe. Right. Yes. Um, and it's, and that's it's that what we did ratio. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so with profitability specifically, you talked about, um, it was more profitable for you when you switched to the $5,000 intensive mm-hmm. versus 30 to $40,000 projects because you had a couple employees they would take months they would drag out they would consume all this time versus five thousand dollars and then by the time you're done with that let's say thirty thousand dollar project you could have done 10 of the intensives right Mm -hmm. so it becomes more profitable because you're thinking about uh money for hours not just the size of the project yeah absolutely and also there's a distinction because as a service provider we are we are trading dollars for hours no matter what if we yes. are delivering the services, but the difference between selling hourly work and selling based on value and intensifying it so that you create boundaries around your time means that your hourly rate ends up being a price that you would never be able to command as an hourly rate because you for get sure. more efficient in your process, but the client is just paying for the deliverable. Yes. Yes. Okay. I want to talk about something completely different. I was listening okay. to some of your episodes recently. And you were talking about the power of having a good process and following it in a way where you actually do what you say you're going to do and setting expectations and fulfilling them and being great about client communication. And 
the way that you were talking about it was really interesting to me because you described how your leadership as a service provider is actually what creates great clients because strong and reliable leadership lets your client relax into trust. And those were words that kept coming out, like you, the leader, client relaxes, right? So can you reflect on that a little bit here and tell me more about that? Yeah, totally. Um, I read this <clears throat> little metaphor uh, in a book as it related to children and it works okay. perfectly for clients too. So they were like, you know, you're speeding down a highway and you're going 80 miles an hour, right? You can picture it. And then you come to a huge, uh, you know, can uh, canyon, right? That you have to go over with a bridge and it's very, very deep and it's big and scary, but there are sides to the bridge. So you just keep speeding. How would you feel if there were no sides? Now you're not going to veer off the road and fall into the canyon, right? You're just going to keep driving straight. But for some reason, when there are no sides on the bridge, all of a sudden, like you're going to, what are you going to do? You're going to slow down, right? You're going to be like, <laughs> oh shit. Like, I don't want to yeah. fall off this bridge and to my death. Right. And, um, and they, they use it in the context of children. Cause it was like, children need boundaries so they can feel safe to be themselves. And I find that that is such a great parallel to leading clients because clients need to feel safe to make decisions. Yeah. <clears throat> so when we, um, if you've ever had a client, like come back five times with revisions or say like, you know, my uncle read this or my, my nephew is a whatever designer and he thinks it should be blue. Could you try that? What they're really saying is <clears throat> I'm scared that this is not right. I don't have yeah. enough confidence in you that this is right. And so I have to go out and do things to try to validate this decision and feel safe making this decision moving forward. Cause it's a big decision, right? This is my marketing. This is my branding. Like it's personal and it's very important to my livelihood. And what I find, <clears throat> excuse me, is when you are leading the client and you're so confident, that's what they're paying more for is for you to say, and this is, you know, parts of that process. I told you, I take them through on that um, intensive model. It's about going like, guys, we're really good at this. You know, like we got this, <laughs> we looked at all the stuff that, you know, I only, we only show three logos and I have a whole speech beforehand where I'm like, we looked at all the logos. We made all the different versions. These are the three. And I'll tell you why you would choose each one. So I don't even want your personal opinion on, it's not about what you like. Let me tell you what these logos are doing. And I'll yeah. tell you that they're all approved by me and Steve, and you cannot make a wrong decision. When you tell a client, you can't make a wrong decision, they <laughs> relax and then they're yeah. happy to make the decision. And it's really counterintuitive because I think a lot of people go like, You're, you can't say that <laughs> to clients, <laughs> but I'll tell you, you can, um, and that they actually really want it. And that's what they'll pay more for. Yeah. So you're, you're putting the, the guardrails on the bridge for them. Exactly. You're saying, you're saying here option a b or c all three are great options right um and here's why like i love that because as a copywriter often when i'm actually able to speak with confidence to a client like i'm just reflecting back now and it's kind of hitting yeah. me when i've spoken with confidence to a client about why i wrote copy a specific way when they give me feedback then maybe we could have a conversation about that and and about the justification. And this is a little bit different than you're describing in your process, but it's always like, okay, that makes sense. I see what you're doing with that copy. 
And then we can make a decision from there. Oftentimes for us, it's yes. like test it, right? If if there's if it's a big enough thing, we'll test it. Probably 80, 90% of the time they say, What, you know what? You're right. <laughs> um, and, yes. and we just go with that. Well, can I just say, because I'm using a design, but I should have used a, a copy example because I write all the copy for the website. Yeah. And I <clears throat> I walk them through all the copy and I explain what it's all doing. And yeah. they know clients don't want to write copy. <laughs> they don't <laughs> want to have feedback. So the feedback is always, oh, you know what? I would use this term instead of that term. And I'm like, oh, great. Like that's the kind of change yeah. they're going to have if you explain why everything is, because then there's no open loop. There's no, hmm, did they think about this? Right. I've yeah. explained why I thought about it. Yeah. Um, okay. So uh, mm. let's see. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was just thinking of something and and now it is okay. The the client communication bit. Um yeah, I, I've been binging past episodes excited about this interview. <laughs> Thank you. I'm I'm really <laughs> uh honored. <laughs> um the 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 client communication bit. You talk about, I, I do want to transition into brand voice and all, all of that in just a sec, but on the, on the client communication bit, you talk about deadlines and you had a reflection on if my deadline is Friday, what time of day I send that to the client um, and what is, what is technically delivering it on Friday versus what actually creates for a great client experience and a better reputation in the mind of the clients. So can you, can you talk about that? Like my deadline is Friday. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) When should I deliver that creative? Yeah. I have very strong opinions about this. Also as somebody who has hired lots of people and watched them just walk all over this concept. So um, we say Friday and I think creatives, service providers think anytime on Friday. But the experience as the client is, okay, great. I'm expecting this thing on Friday. And especially if they're excited about it, they're going to be wondering from the second they sit down, okay, when am I going to get this? And if you make a client wait all day to get the thing, it's just not a good look. And there's no reason for it. Just make it due the next day. So when something is due on Friday, it is, I always, I I, um, set the email to send ahead of time for 8 a.m. To me, the deadline is 8 a.m. Because 8 a.m. is at the moment or right before most people are going to start working. So they're not going to think about it. And it's a delightful surprise to have it there. And it shows a level of, I think it builds trust because it is, it is meeting and a little bit surpassing an expectation, but not so much that the client is going to expect you to, um, you know, to, to break your boundaries. So it's like right there. And, and something I talk about a lot is what, what building trust really looks like with a client. To me, it's about setting and meeting an expectation. It's not actually about going above and beyond. There are places to go above and beyond. Yeah. Do the work amazingly well, right? But yeah. don't deliver things three days earlier. What you're doing is you're messing with the relationship where now <laughs> you're changing what their expectations are. Well, now do I expect things to be early? Well, now if it's on time, it's late. And I just find that there's no reason for it. Just it's due on Friday and here it is at 8am. And I have to tell you, I just hired someone, uh, a company a couple of weeks ago, and we were going to do something yesterday. Like we were going to change some links somewhere. And she emailed me at 7am. She was like, okay, we switched the links. Cause it's Thursday. And I <laughs> I got like, I was like so hot and bothered. I was like, I made the right decision with these people because that was, it just felt so good. Like I didn't have yeah. to 
email her. I didn't have to ask. She just did it as we discussed before I even got to the office. And I just thought, I just, I got to experience the thing I'm telling people, which is, oh, what a delightful experience. You know, I don't have to even think or worry about this because it was taken care of right before, like right as it was supposed to. So, yeah. 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 So, so like 95% of the time you're just saying like, and and then, well, I guess for you as a creative, right? The deadline's Friday, but that means that your deadline is Thursday at whatever yes. your end of day is, you're going to write that email and schedule it to send at 8 a.m. the client's time and have it show up in their inbox at 8 a.m. their time so that they sit down and they're like, oh, cool. It's there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so like 95% of the time, 98% of the time you're meeting expectations, but you also talked at one point about like a moment of delight being like the, the save icon uh, in, in the browser, right? So somebody gets a website and there's the logo and they don't really like everybody's thinking inside the page for like what I'm going to get. But then they see that little icon show up in the browser and they say, wow, that's cool. So that's like a little extra. <laughs> yeah. yeah. An easy one. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so, so very occasionally and intentionally creating moments of delight by exceeding expectations, but not like setting it up so that the new expectation is, oh, this person is always, you know, available whenever I call and ready to do whatever for me, whenever I call, because that's toxic. It's toxic. And actually the client will have a worse experience. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, so Clearly, I love all the backend processes and system stuff and um, and and all of that. Like, even though I've made my living for years primarily through copywriting and the words that are on the front, but because yeah. you have this like this, this branding background, this messaging background, I do want to talk a little bit about copywriting and messaging. So, you have the book "Badass Your Brand." Your coaching program is called No BS Agencies. Mm-hmm. Podcast is the No BS Agency podcast. By the way. Search for any of those people. If you're like, if you like this, you're going to get so much more that you like. Um, And I say, Pia, you're not gratuitous with this, with like the language and stuff, but you also don't pull punches. So as you work with clients, and then especially as you're thinking about your own brand voice, can you talk to me about that brand voice and the lessons that we can take away from it? Yeah. So um, back in the day when we started this in 2011, uh, it was worst of all design was our, yes. me and my husband, right? Yeah. Um, and worst of all design is a name that I inherited because <laughs> worst of all design was the name that Steve did his work under before we even met because worst yeah. of all was his nickname in college because his last name, our last name is Wasterball. So that's where it came from. And at first I really didn't know what to do with this, right? Because I would go to BNI meetings and people would does not get it. And I hadn't really grown into it yet. I say that as the setup, because over the years, we really started to embody and give meaning to what this worst of all name meant, which essentially, and it says, you know, um, badass brands without the BS, which by the way, in 2013, when we put that on our site and I started saying badass brands, this, that people were like, clutching their pearls. Like people, like (laughs) you, if you don't remember 2013, I literally had people come up to me at the chamber of commerce. Like that's inappropriate. Like you shouldn't say that. I had someone at EO tell me like, I don't think you should be saying that to like the million dollar business owners. I was like, with all due respect, this is my brand. Now, of course, everybody says it, which is why I've transitioned out of badass branding. Um, but my point is it, it, it had legs. Both of these things came to mean 
we are going to be our brand and we're not going to say the stuff that everybody says. So it doesn't say, I'm going to help you stand out. We're just going to stand out by having a company called Worst of All Design, right? We're yeah. not going to, we don't even say like we help one to two person, like um, one to three person service businesses, which is our market for Worst of All Design. We don't even say that anywhere on the site uh, or on the homepage. It's just like badass brands without the BS. And then this, I haven't looked at it in a long time, but this thing I wrote <laughs> like, like 14 years ago that I just left there that just talks about like unapologetically being yeah. the brand. And it magnetized the exact people that we wanted to work with because a lot of people were like, I don't get it. What don't you want to be best of all? Like, uh, this is a little <laughs> crass. And I was like, good riddance. Like this is, this is repelling all the wrong yeah. people. And the people who got it would call me and be like, oh my God, I love your name. I love what you have on the homepage. So the sale was so easy because yeah. it was this magnetic thing because we were just being this thing that really resonated with our people. So that's the power of the brand messaging when you really nail it. And I think it's a combination. It's not just about being so out there. I don't think that's it. I think it, it has to have true meaning to you because now yeah. when I see people say badass, this and badass, I'm like, what about this is badass. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I have like, I have like, I could write a whole, well, I wrote a whole book about what I mean by bad. I have a whole definition. Like I have layers and layers of explanation about what I mean when it comes to badass. And that's the difference. I think if you're asking about brand messaging, that's the difference. It's got to have, there's got to be some depth to the, to the words that you're that you're owning in your brand. It can't just be, oh, that's a cool word. I'm going to say unapologetic. Are you really unapologetic or are you just saying yeah. that word because it sounds cool? Yeah. It's about, it's about like tearing down all the masks that we put on and, and trying to be someone who we aren't for the purpose of getting money from people or yeah, whatever. We, right. yeah, we know <laughs> you cannot trick us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and in some ways, like, you know, after, geez, at this point, I'm 15 years in the, in, in the public view for all the work that I've done in, in publishing myself. Sometimes it's still hard for me. Right. Um, but it is, it's also very. Tell me about powerful. it. Why? Um, What's <laughs> that's a, that's a good question. Here's where I start crying. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I got time. <laughs> <laughs> ah. No, I think I think um there's a couple sides to it. Um one is I have a lot of life experiences before kids that I'm trying not to um necessarily always talk about in places that my kids will find it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> um uh number number 2 is I will admit that I have uh, put on that mask for getting clients and like you know, I've spent a lot of time working in the financial publishing industry. And I think that a lot of it came from like, those clients tend to be a particular type, right? Mm -hmm. Versus maybe the one to two person, mm -hmm. uh, well, I'll, I'll say renegade type uh, entrepreneurs, right? And I love working with more renegade type entrepreneurs, it, maybe not always one to two person, but um, it, it's it's like, it's it's always this push and pull between what does the audience expect and and what are my internal moorings? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think we've all experienced. I mean, I think that's just part part of figuring out who you are. 
in yeah, the entrepreneurial yeah. world, right? Because you can be authentic and, and raw, and it doesn't mean you tell all of your stories. Right? Like, <laughs> it doesn't mean that yeah. they know everything about you. There is still, even in branding, authentic branding to me is really just, it's actually, there's a part of it that's unnatural because I like to say a brand is like, there's like something about you that you pull out and you expand onto a billboard. It's not everything about, like, we don't need to know everything about you. In fact, that'll probably water down your brand. It's like, what is that thing about you that you're going to make your brand? And so it's both yeah. authentic to you, but it's not all the things. And I, and I think people confuse those things when they think they have to be authentic. They're like, Oh, do I have to, am I lying by not sharing this other thing? It's like, no, that, that doesn't have to be part of it. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So there, there are aspects like, uh, you know, one, one of the things that for me is like a, an aspect that I think that I could lean into a little bit more is like this, this conversion nerd. Like I'm, I'm a total conversion nerd conversion geek. Yeah. Uh, because, because I'm always wanting to know more about like how, how, how can you create better conversions? And that can be everything from, oh my goodness, lead products are so awesome. Right. (laughs) Like, because that, makes conversion easier to what does a, a 45 minute VSL video sales letter need to say to convert to cold traffic through Facebook or YouTube or whatever. Mm. Right. Um, but it's, but it's always that consistent thing like conversion nerd. So something like that is easy to lean into something like, I don't know, like as, as I was, as I, as I hear worst of all design, I think that's a very punk rock type term. And I was thinking about like, prior to me getting involved with electronic music, I was very involved in the local punk music scene. Mm -hmm. And, um, the, the thing is like from the outside, you see these, these punk rockers and they're like, you know, tattoos, mohawks, chains, all of that stuff. And you might think like, Oh, these people are, they're rough and tumble, whatever. And in in some instances they might be right. Just like all people. Yeah. (laughs) You get into the community and it's like warm, welcoming, like huge open hearts. When I was, when I was like 15 at a punk show, I had somebody come up to me. He must have been in his like late 20s or something. He's like, oh my goodness, I wish my parents would let me come to punk shows at 15. And like, like just this like, yeah, yeah, like glad to have you here. Right. Um, and that's that. not what most people think of as as punk. Um yeah, I don't yeah. know. I, I've totally experienced that. I think that's part of where our brand also kind of trying to figure that out because look. I'm born and raised in New York city, right? Like I have this yeah. kind of no bullshit <laughs> attitude because I'm just right. Um, and I remember like finding out like people who didn't know me in college were like, oh, you walk around this campus. Like, like you hate everyone. I'm like, I'm just in a rush. <laughs> like, yeah. and, then like, and then I meet you and you're so nice. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm totally nice. i just don't have time to like, like look at the flowers while I'm walking to my classes and stuff. And I walk really fast and that kind of push pull of the like no bullshit, but that doesn't, we're not trying to we're not assholes. We're just like not trying to dick around on stuff. that doesn't matter. And finding that marriage is, is what our brand like came to be. Cause it's funny. You even say punk rock, like you would project that on. Cause you're a punk rock. I'm like, Oh, I'm so not punk rock. <laughs> right. <laughs> and some people are like, Oh, leather and chains. I'm like, no, I'm not leather and chains. Like, right. I, and so I have to define yeah. what badass and no BS means. And I have yeah. that. And that definition is mine because you could define it in such different ways. Anyway, I just think that's, yeah. um, that's really fascinating. I love that, that story about the punk rock. No, that's, that's, that's cool. All right. So I, I really want people to, uh, to check out 
everything that you have to offer to learn more from you. We'll include links in the description to the book, Badass Your Brand. By the way, I I picked up the audiobook. I appreciate that you read it. I, you know, it's always better when the author reads it, if if at all possible. Um, I zoomed through it and uh, am ready to listen again. <laughs> um, <laughs> Thank you. But people can get a free PDF copy of the book, Badass Your Brand, if they check the link in the description, right? Yes, they can. And what should they expect in that book? So I wrote that book in 2017. Um, or I guess six months before that, um, detailing out exactly how we got ourselves into $40,000 of debt in the first three years of our business, trying to do it the old way, doing all the things that everybody does and how we actually, I don't think I actually put these numbers in there, but like, we actually generated a lot of revenue. We just ended up in debt yeah. and how in 12 months, we turned the whole thing around by implementing this model of lead products and intensives. And we got rid of our two employees and Steve and I made $500,000, just the two of us just selling these intensives. And it was like, it was like, we were in a, a, you know, I was like trying to chase all these clients for years and years. And then when we switched it and we really owned the brand, but we also owned this process, it was like the tides turned and it was so easy for people to send us business. And it, it was just night and day. And I think what's fun about that for small businesses is like, you might actually just be like a couple decisions away from everything changing, especially when it comes to your messaging or your offers or how you like a tweak can be the complete difference between everyone saying no. And everyone saying yes, between everyone being like, yeah, sure. I'll keep you in mind to people being like, I know exactly who I should send you. It's like a small tweak sometimes, and maybe a lot of tweaks, but that's really what I take you through in the book is all those different things that we did and how they completely changed the way we ran our business and also how we implemented it in so many uh, of our clients and it changed their businesses too. Awesome. Well, that's a great story in the book. There's so many lessons in it. Uh, if, If folks got value out of this, they'll get way more value by just going deeper. That link is in the description. The price to freedom calculator link is in the description. By the way, it's at nobsagencies.com slash book and nobsagencies.com slash price for the calculator. Easy links slash book to for the book slash price for the, uh, the price to freedom calculator. And Pia, thank you so much for being on Breakthrough Marketing Secrets and sharing everything you've shared today. I so appreciate you having me on, Roy. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. And to everyone who's listened, give me one takeaway. Let me know what you're going to do as a result of this action items. Obviously, like putting it into action is where you're going to get the most value. And uh, yeah, I hope you got as much value as I did. I look forward to seeing you again in the next episode. I'll see you guys soon. Thank you once again for tuning in to this daily episode of Breakthrough Marketing Secrets. Remember, check out the links with this episode for even more value. Now make sure you like, comment, share, subscribe, and engage in every way you can to keep this show going and growing and delivering daily value to you. I'll catch you soon for your next big breakthrough.